All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn, on Twitter. Really excited here as we get back on track. I've got some new music playing in the background. Really excited about that. I always like to make my own music. I think it's better and don't deal with royalty-free and, and like copyright stuff and things like that. That's always the best possible situation in my opinion so i'll let this play for a little bit and humor myself but now i do want to discuss reggie jackson this is my uh 20 question series that i think everybody is at least at least partaking in and watching and enjoying and i hope you're enjoying it as well and i hope everybody is having a good monday so Let's get into this. I think that this is a good time to start talking about Reggie Jackson and what he provides for this Nuggets team. Um, I'm hoping that everybody can have an open mind on this one. I'm hoping that everybody can have an open mind here because I know that Reggie's not the most popular Nugget. I know that with everybody trusting in Calvin Booth, with everybody trusting the draft picks that he's had, Denver brings in Christian Brown last year, Peyton Watson. Those guys look good. And then trades Bones Highland away, uh, gets rid of a couple guys, and it brings in Reggie Jackson, Thomas Bryant. Those moves didn't work out during the regular season last year and then didn't really get an opportunity to uh, translate into the playoffs. But then you draft Jalen Pickett, you draft Julian Strother, you draft Hunter Tyson. Those guys each have their moments at Summer League. And Reggie Jackson gets lost in the fold. Reggie Jackson signs for the two years, $10 million uh, biannual. It's not biannual. It's the taxpayer mid-level that Denver had available to them. And that was absolutely a, uh, a throw uh, where not a lot of people – knew what was going on. Not a lot of people understood that move. And it's not really a surprise to me that people were upset about it because I wasn't super pleased about it. I thought that that was not the right call. Although, in retrospect, you see all the money being thrown around for backup point guards and uh, point guards in general, and there's just not a lot of options for Denver. So they decided to bring back a guy that they believed in prior to him being in Denver for uh, the regular season and the playoff run that they had. And though he didn't really contribute to that one, it's not really a surprise to me that they brought him back because it was such a small sample size and Denver was already so close and consistent and uh, did not need really a backup point guard. They just didn't need one. Bruce Brown was versatile enough that he was able to provide some of those services. And then Jamal Murray stepped up and was able to play. 38 minutes a game, however many he played during the playoffs. So it wasn't as big of a deal as maybe people thought it could be. And it's not really a surprise, but I wanted to talk about this. I wanted to talk about how Calvin Booth was the guy who brought in Reggie Jackson, was the guy that said, hey, we're going to give Michael Malone an option here, somebody who he could play if need be. Calvin Booth made a whole host of other great moves that Nuggets fans have lauded, that Nuggets fans have been super excited about. I'm here to now cape for Calvin Booth and say, look, he's made other great moves. Why can't this one work out again? Why can't this one? What are we talking about here 
when it comes to the actual uh, Reggie Jackson experience. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about why it didn't work out last year, what could be expected in the future, and then we'll talk about FIBA World Cup stuff at the end of the podcast. I'm not as focused on that one for this one, but should be good. Let's focus on Reggie. Was last year, was the drop-off age-related? Was it fit issues? Was it bad timing? What was it? What could we really chalk this up to? When I was going through the numbers on Reggie, when I was trying to figure out what to expect and what some healthy expectations were, I'm focusing on the Clippers numbers, and we're gonna go through we're gonna go through the per 36 numbers right now. I didn't put these into the podcast, so you're not gonna get a visual. I apologize for that. Uh, but if you just look at the Clippers numbers per 36, averaged about 17 points per 36 minutes, five assists, four rebounds, shot 41% from the field, 36% from the three, 86% from the line. In Denver, he had 14.3 points per 36 minutes, 5.6 assists, which is slightly higher, uh, 3.2 rebounds per 36. That's not good enough. And then the shooting splits are really what the issues were. He shot 38% from the field, 28% from three, and 83% from the line. Getting to the line, that, that was fine, but Reggie also doesn't really attack the rim that much, so it wasn't a lot of opportunity for him to really showcase his free throws. Uh, he only attempted, if I just scroll up here, he only attempted 12 total free throws when he was in Denver, 10 of 12. Um, I think that given that he only played just over 300 minutes with Denver, they tried it. The bench had been a disaster for the entire time before he was there, or at least for the most part. And it was still a disaster while he was there. I'm not sure how much to chalk that up to Reggie Jackson. I think that there is something to be said about Denver trying out a regular season backup point guard, trying out a regular season backup center. And then during the playoffs, they're just like, no, we're not going to deal with any of those things. We're going to stagger Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon anyway. And we are just going to go away from that in the playoffs. I think that that is a completely reasonable thing that they did. It was the thing that made sense. Uh, but I also think that it was more of a symptom of the problem. Not that Reggie Jackson was the problem himself. Not that he was this horrible player last year that did not deserve to play. Although Denver made the choices that they had to in order to win a title, and nobody's going to criticize them for that. I do think that it leaves open the possibility that he could still work in Denver, which is one of the re one of the reasons why Denver brought him back in the first place. So I think it's fair to say that this was bad timing. I think it's fair to say that it's fit issues, and I'm not sure what it to make of the age-related drop-off. I think it's a possibility that there are some of that, but with uh, so many methods of extending players' careers, I just don't see it as age-related stuff with him. He is more of a shooter. He's more of a creator off the dribble and somebody who doesn't need to get all the way to the rim or use his athleticism in order to generate space. He could do that with moves. He's very creative and crafty. So I think that Reggie deserves at least some benefit of the doubt and deserves the opportunity to win the backup point guard job this next year. A lot of people have already penciled in Jalen Pickett as the guy that they want to play at that spot. And I get that. I understand that. There's also the possibility that people want Jamal Murray just to stagger. 
and not to run a backup point guard. And I get that too. But I think especially during the regular season, you need somebody. You need a veteran. And I actually think Reggie can do that. So we're going to – let's go with some comps now. Let's go with some uh, Reggie Jackson comps. These are five guys that when looking up the numbers, looking up what Reggie Jackson mostly does, I think this is a fair comparison. Uh, those Clippers numbers that I put together, those are over the course of four different seasons. Uh, the tail end of 2019-20. Uh, 2020, 21, uh, 21-22, and then the beginning of this last season, 22-23. And I think that there's at least enough there to value those numbers and say that those are reasonable over the Denver numbers where he's entering a different environment, a championship environment. There isn't a lot of a, like a system around him that like he's just trying to fit into what Denver's doing. He didn't quite do that. I think that this next year could look different. But if we look back at, let's just look at the per game numbers. With the Clippers, Reggie Jackson averaged 12.8 points, 3.8 assists, 3.0 rebounds uh, on 26.5 minutes per game. He was a quality guard, not necessarily starter caliber, but not necessarily like this horrible rotation count. Like he was he was a bad starter by those numbers, in my opinion. And I think that that's a perfectly reasonable place for him to be. The question is whether he can turn kind of bad starter, low quality starter into quality bench player and what that actually looks like. A lot of these other guys have and a lot of them haven't. Bones, for example, had some good opportunities in Denver and was hit or miss. Lou Williams, great bench player. Great option. Uh, did a did a lot of good things, soaking up points and assist opportunities for the Clippers uh, of of all teams. DJ Augustine throughout his entire career has been a great backup point guard, and like spent some time as a as a decent starter. Darren Collison, same thing, uh, same kind of guy. Jeff Teague, same kind of guy. These are guys that later in their careers kind of bounced around the league a little bit didn't necessarily find a true home outside of Lou Williams, uh, but DJ Augustine, Darren Collison, Jeff Teague, they found opportunities over and over and over again because every team needs a veteran backup point guard that they can trust in those moments. Sometimes those guys play in the playoffs. Sometimes they don't. It's all about Denver figuring out whether Reggie Jackson can figure it out himself. Now, what should the Nuggets actually hope that Reggie provides for the team? That's a good question and an important one here. I think that the most valuable thing that Reggie can do for Denver is set the table for that second unit and make sure to keep everybody involved. It's a slightly different role than what he had with the Clippers, where he was more of a scoring guard, somebody who didn't really set the table a ton uh, because a lot of those times Paul George was missing time, Kawhi Leonard was missing time, and sometimes they just had to have somebody who could create off the dribble and create for themselves. And Reggie could do that. Now, can he set the table? Can he be a guy who averages a relatively high assist percentage? Is he somebody who can see the floor a little bit? I think so. I think that like per 100 possessions, he's had like, years where he's been over eight or nine assists per 100 possessions. And that's a pretty good number. It's not a great number for a facilitating guard, but it's pretty good. And there is room for him to be able to do that in Denver. 
Uh, He's going to have to develop chemistry with those guys, though. And that's something that he struggled to do when he was traded or when he was bought out and then signed with Denver midseason. That's just, there's just not a lot of time. And I think with a full training camp, with regular season games that don't matter as much under his belt, I think that those times in October, November, and December will give Denver ample opportunity to figure out whether he can do this or not. Uh, But I think that he will provide at least more scoring for Denver's bench than I think they really have right now. Because if you look at the projected guys, like I have Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, and Zeke Naji as the projected options for Denver and what they actually look like. Um, Those guys will, like they're young, they are versatile, they are defensive-minded. None of them I could describe as scorers. Like I, I, maybe Peyton Watson, like he could definitely be a scorer. I don't really describe Christian Brown as that. He's not really seeking out his own opportunities there. Zeke Naji, same thing. He's really uh, more of a complimentary piece, somebody who can score if he's in a good opportunity to do so, but isn't seeking it out. You need somebody who can. And it's one of the reasons why we talk about staggering all the time with a Jamal Murray or a Michael Porter Jr. Those guys can seek out scoring opportunities and are very comfortable doing so. Reggie Jackson's also comfortable doing that. So I think when you start looking at bench combinations, most important thing the Nuggets fans can really recognize is that Reggie, he might be a valuable scoring option for Denver. There is a world where he is the fifth or sixth leading scorer on the team. And that's what the vision with Bones was. The vision with Bones was for him to play off the bench, to set the table for himself and his teammates. And when Denver needed a change of pace option, he could provide that. And in theory, he was doing it. The problem was that he wasn't providing any defense. Reggie's not a defender either. So Denver's going to have to figure that out. They're going to have to balance between giving Reggie the ample opportunity that Bones had and reining him in if the defense isn't there. Because that is a fine line that Denver's got to figure out. There is no reason in my mind to go down the same path that you went down with Bones because they gave him a long leash. And I know that a lot of people don't think that Bones got as much of an opportunity as he should have. I'm here to tell you I disagree. I think that he was given a lot of opportunity to shoot 30-footers, step back threes, play his game do everything that that he could as as a member of the bench offense, and it did not work for Denver. So Reggie Jackson's got to fit in a little bit better, and more importantly, he's got to work to coexist and bolster guys like a Christian Brown, like a Peyton Watson, like a Zeke Naji, and make sure they get their opportunities too. Can't just be the Bones show. Can't just be the Reggie show. Reggie has to make sure to set the table, and I think that he can. But it's going to have to take a little bit of a career renaissance if that's what you're you're really hoping for. Welcome, 5555-ish. How many points per game does Reggie need in order to be effective and outweigh the defensive flaws? It's a great question. And one of the problems with with Bones and where you kind of saw that, because they're very similar players. I actually have them comped from, from earlier in the podcast. I think that the points per game probably needs to be about 12 to 13-ish in order to start really thinking about outweighing the flaws. With Bones, it was at about 9, 10, 11 most of the time. And 
I think that 9, 10, or 11 points per game isn't enough. You've got to be consistent, you've got to be dangerous, and you've got to be efficient. Uh, and that's something that Reggie has always struggled with throughout his career. He's more of an not inefficient chucker. That would be a little bit too strong, but he likes to get shots up, and, and he is very willing to take some of the bad shots. And he does it as a veteran. He does it as somebody who he knows that that's what his role is. But that's the thing is that with Denver, you don't have a ton of margin. You've got a lot of margin for error because the starting lineup is so good. But with the bench, it can go from bad to horrible really quickly with one or two extra bad shots per game. It is not a lot. And if you take a bad shot and then you get a long rebound outlet pass for a dunk on the other end, then that is a problem. So I think that if I'm if I'm penciling in numbers for Reggie Jackson, it is 22 minutes. Um because I think I think it could be like 20. 20 20 minutes is probably good. Uh between him and Christian Brown, those guys will probably lead the bench in minutes totals. Uh but it's gonna be those guys. And I would say in 20 minutes, can you get up 10 points and three assists per game. That's probably what I'm what I'm looking at if I'm Reggie. If you're doing even better, if you trust him and if if he's playing well, then I could see it being as high as 12 to 13 points per game and four plus assists per game. That's if you're really giving him full reign. That means he has to work with Jokic pretty well. And we didn't see any chemistry with Nikola Jokic during his time, so there's at least something to be said there, but I think Reggie's got to be versatile. I think he's got to be effective. I think he's got to be efficient. And there are reasons to believe that he can. But as I'm saying it, like the bar is very high. But then again, you don't have Bruce Brown. You don't have Bruce Brown that you can just go to. So Denver has to be willing. Like they've got to be willing to kind of stomach some of the bad stuff or else they're going to jail and pick at a rookie. Like that's a, that's a different conversation, I think. So I think that Reggie's going to get an opportunity. And the final question is, can Reggie play in the playoffs? Because with the Clippers, he was like, like they called him Mr. Mr. May, Mr. June. Like it wasn't Mr. October, I, although he was Reggie Jackson. So they were calling him a lot of names because he was performing in the playoffs and doing some great stuff during the 2021 season. So that was a couple of years ago. I think that it's possible that he could tap into that again, but he also had free reign and they didn't have Kawhi at the time. So there are reasons, I think, to doubt that he will play well in the playoffs, that he will play at all in the playoffs. Defense being one of those things. And he's kind of a space cadet when it comes to the detail stuff. So I'm hoping that he can, like, hoping that he can provide it, hoping that he turns a new leaf on a championship roster. It's the first time he's ever had an opportunity to do so. So I think that there's a possibility and I want to give him an opportunity to see what he does. I I think that's the most important thing that Nuggets fans can really attest to is that Reggie, he needs the opportunity to show it. I don't think you can just use the 300 minutes last year during the regular season as evidence that he can't. There are reasons to believe that he can be better and I think that he will be. So we will see. 5555-ish says he might play three to five minutes in the playoffs. He might. And if it doesn't work, then he won't play a ton. And Jamal will play a lot and KCP will play a lot. 
and Christian Brown will probably play more because he's a versatile defensive option. And sometimes that's fine. Like, you don't, you don't need a ton of guys as Denver, as Nuggets fans kind of found out. You need a max of like eight. And then you can cut that down to six or seven if you need to. So you have to have the versatility and the trust in order to do that. So Reggie, I don't expect to be in that group. I expect Christian Brown and ultimately Peyton Watson to be in that group. But who knows? Maybe Reggie figures it out. Maybe he's a guy who gives you another ball handling option because Denver needed one and Bruce Brown was that. Like I talked about in the Christian Brown podcast, I don't think that Christian Brown is going to be a ball handler. Like I just, I don't see him as that guy. I I would like to see him try to be, but there are reasons to believe why he can't do that. And then you start looking around at the options. It's either Reggie Jackson or Jalen Pickett, or maybe Colin Gillespie. And that's just not a lot. So you're hoping that Reggie can tap into that. If he can't, you might have to go get a trade. That would be at least a possibility. So we will see. But when we come back, We're going to check in on the World Cup. We're going to check in on FIBA. There's been a lot of discussion on the FIBA World Cup and what teams are doing right now, how the group play is progressing. We will check in on each of those teams in just a little bit. Hope you enjoyed that conversation about Reggie Jackson. But first, absolutely very excited about Superbook Sports as they are here to help you place your preseason bets, uh, although the preseason's now done. So Superbook. They are getting ready for the regular season now, and they're the most trusted name in Vegas. You can use promo code MILEHIGH to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. All you got to do is download that Superbook Sports app, use that promo code MILEHIGH, and they will give you $250 of free bets. Don't miss out on this football season. Win some money with Superbook Sports and that promo code. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLE. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Final segment, Pickaxe and Roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. If you can, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Five stars, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. That would be fantastic. So we've got a good crowd on this Monday. It's August 28th, and I am not surprised that people are tuning in because you see some feeble World Cup stuff. And I know that a lot of people were interested in Reggie, so wanted to be able to talk about him really briefly. But now let's check in on this World Cup. Let's check in. Let's see what's going on. FIBA World Cup, there are a lot of reasons to be uh, excited about where the World Cup is going. And despite the fact that Nikola Jokic is not in it, Jamal Murray's not in it, uh, Vlako Chanchar towards ACL, while prepping for the World Cup, it was very, very sad. And I know that a lot of Nuggets fans were really unhappy to see that. The good news, though is that the World Cup has still provided some entertainment. And I think both of those teams, especially Canada and Serbia, have been very, very impressive during this time. And it's cool. It's actually cool to see Canada really show up because they hadn't had an opportunity before with not a lot of NBA players really showing out. So you can go through each of the group uh, tables when you're looking for uh, the FIBA World Cup stuff. I'm not going to show them on this pod. 
but I do think if you go to FIBA.basketball and like that will get you to the Basketball World Cup, you just have to navigate and you can find all of the standings information that you need to. But the first one that people should really know, and especially if you are in the United States, is that Team USA is mostly dominated. They look pretty good. And I am not surprised because when I saw the... When I saw what they were putting together, uh, when I saw the roster that they decided to come out with, it got a lot of snickers from people. It got a lot of questions from people as to why they were doing that. I love the way that they put together the roster because there's so much youth, there's so much athleticism, at least a lot more, and the smartness of of the actual team and the actual roster. It stands out. Like Tyrese Halliburton looks great. As uh, our guy 5555-ish has said, Austin Reeves is looking great too. And I hate how great he looks because he's becoming a celebrity overnight, uh, taking advantage of this opportunity. And it's hard to hate Austin Reeves specifically, although he does uh, with the flopping and the flailing. uh, Shout out to Patrick Beverly. I think that that is obviously something that people are, are a little upset with with Reeves, but more than anything, he's just a smart basketball player and really shows it and plays really well. And the Lakers are very lucky to have him. Like he's a really, really good player. Um, I do think that Team USA dominating it can be attributed to him, can be attributed to Halliburton, can be attributed to Anthony Edwards, who looks the part of a superstar. He looks like Dwayne Wade to me, or at least what I envisioned Dwayne Wade in his youth looking like. There have been a lot of Michael Jordan videos when it comes to Anthony Edwards. That's a bridge too far, obviously. But Dwayne Wade, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. We can see we can see what he becomes. But uh, they look good. Team USA in their two games are plus fifty five against uh, uh, the two opponents that they've had to play. They'll play one more game, but they have moved on. They will be at least I, I think that they have moved on. Uh, they are. In, oh, yeah, no, they, they have qualified for the second round. So they will be in the second round of everything. Um, Now, the next team that we should talk about, let's navigate back here, it's Team Serbia. Not really a surprise that Team Serbia is kicking ass either. Like, they look good. They they are not, it's not a surprise. They are plus 59 in their two games in their group as well. And I... I even though they didn't have Nikola Jokic, they still have plenty of NBA caliber talent. Nikola Jovic looks great. And that's obviously very cool. It's very cool to see. Uh, you want Team Serbia to play well. I would love to see them win a gold medal. Uh, it probably won't happen without Nikola Jokic. And they are in a pretty easy group right now. So the knockout stage will probably be a little bit more difficult for them. But I do like what I see when I when I watch Serbia. They are... Like, it's just so easy with them. They move the ball so well. They create so many open shots and easy, like, in-rhythm opportunities for their team. So, that's pretty cool. Team Canada, plus 85 in two games uh, against France and Lebanon. And there are two stories here that deserve attention. One is that Canada is just, like, really good now. And they make a lot of sense as a team. Shea is dominating. They've got a lot of options. Dylan Brooks is playing good basketball for Team Canada. Dwight Powell and Kelly Olynyk are kicking ass. Uh, but 
most importantly, is that they just they qualified for the second round. They are one of the two teams in that bracket that are in, and the other one is not France, as many were hoping. It is Latvia. <laughs> Latvia, of all teams, is in after defeating France and Lebanon themselves. Latvia was a very, very impressive team. They're playing without Kristaps Porzingis this time, or at least they were in this last matchup against France, but they won and upset France in a very surprising game that a lot of people were very confused about, but France, they're out. They are not advancing, despite being maybe at least a top five superpower in the entire world when it comes to basketball. They've got so much talent, and Rudy Gobert's been a he's been a mainstay on the main stage, as have uh Nando DiColo and Evan Fournier and guys like that. Those guys are uh Nicholas Batum before them. Those guys have been great for the French national team for a long time. So it's very surprising to see them lose to Latvia of all teams. Uh Canada and Latvia will play each other, but who knows? One of those teams may medal, probably Canada if I had to guess, but a surprising result there for sure. And then finally, Team Luka Doncic, aka Team Slovenia, is 2-0. Luka's stats have been crazy. They are uh, not. It's not a surprise. I think that Team Luka Doncic has been as good as they have been because Luka, he is the best player in the tournament and there really isn't a question at this point. Shea might give him a run for his money, but honestly, it really And like Anthony Edwards isn't challenging Luka. Not not in this, I don't think. But I, who knows? Maybe that changes. Maybe that's a that's that would be a fun matchup. I would say Slovenia and Luka Doncic versus Team USA. That would be wild. <laughs> I would I would really really enjoy watching that. They would very much take that seriously. You know that Anthony Edwards would take that seriously. He would demand to guard Luka Doncic for the entire game, and I could absolutely see that being a thing. So. Look, we will see what happens with the rest of this cup, but uh, Team USA being as good as they are, Team Canada being as good as they are, those are fun things. Those are good things. And I hope that during the Olympics next year, 2024, we get to see Jokic, we get to see Murray, we get to see, hopefully, Vlako Chanchar's back. Uh, that would be dope. And then maybe, who knows, maybe Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon, maybe they may, maybe they make an appearance in the Team USA roster, though I doubt it's based off of kind of the way that they play, but also, actually, you know, who knows? Maybe Brandon Ingram decides Team USA basketball, not for him. He hasn't really played well. He hasn't really fit in well. Uh, maybe Michael Porter could fit into that spot. Maybe Aaron Gordon could fit into that spot. You never know, but would be really, really interesting to see. And I would love to be able to uh, watch a Denver Nugget on Team USA. It's been a long time. Like Mello, I think, is the last Nugget. If I'm being honest, I think uh, during 2008, the 2008 run, I think the 2004 run, uh, he was a nugget. But 2012, when the when Team USA won the Olympics, that was one where he was already with New York. So definitely would be cool to see a nugget on Team USA. And they've got some good candidates like KCP would be a good role player for the team. Uh, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, really talented players who could fit into that that uh, that system. So who knows? Maybe maybe that's something that we get to talk about at some point, but I don't really expect it. I think that Nuggets fans know that it's Nicole Jokic, it's Jamal Murray, 
and maybe uh, Vlatko if he gets back healthy. But we will see. But for now, I think that is going to do it on this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. I do think that it is important to check in on Reggie Jackson, somebody who probably doesn't get a lot of love. And it was nice to talk about the FIBA World Cup. So we will have some more updates on that as we see fit. But for now, I am going to probably say goodbye to people. Get to listen to some more of this background music again. Uh, Really enjoy making this. So hopefully everybody enjoys as well. But for now, that is going to do it. Uh, Got some fun things that are coming up. And I am really, really looking forward to everything that comes up because there are uh, some guests there are some interactions and there might be some in-person work that will be coming down the pipeline here in these next couple of weeks so stay tuned and I'm really looking forward to it everybody thank you so much for tuning in we appreciate all the love and support hit that like button on the way out talk to you guys very soon